have that love shine through us into our other relationships. God is so amazing. I'm going to catch my mom when she's crying. Can I get her to come up here? Come on. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes. I think Sister Elena is teaching class today, so we have a gift for the ladies at the end of the, at the, end of the service today. Um, could I get somebody to run down when we're wrapping up and grab Sister Elena out of the classroom and, and bring the kids up and let them know that we're, that we're ready for them? <clears throat> I want to talk to you today about following his lead, following the lead of the Holy Ghost. And we, you're going to say as we go along, Pastor, we've heard all this. We know all these things. If I was teaching you something new, it wouldn't be out of the book. I mean, no, that's true. Right? It's all been preached before. It's all been taught before. Um, so try to grab a little nugget out of this day. Something different. Different way than you've seen it before, maybe. So I'm going to start off with some scriptures. Three of them right off the bat. First Peter 2.24. She puts them up here on the board for you. Take a picture of that. Take a picture of the scriptures. And you can take those with you this week and read over them and look over them. And maybe you'll find something new in them this week. Ask God to give you revelation. Ask him to show you revelation for these scriptures, right? He can teach you more in two seconds than I can teach you in a week. He's God, right? He's the Holy Ghost. So we're going to talk today about following his leading. And first I want to talk to you about when we gained access to these things, when we gained access to the leading, when we gained access to blessing and, and salvation and all those things. So I want to show you in Scripture so there's no doubt about it. Who, this is 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bare our sins in his body on the tree. So it's talking about Jesus, right? Jesus took our sins on him, all sin of all time for all mankind, took them on his self, and climbed up on that tree and gave his life for us, right? That's what he's saying here. So that we, being dead to sins, because the sins were crucified on the cross with Jesus, right, should live unto righteousness. Because we come through that blood of Christ, we should live unto righteousness, right? We should, our life should change. It should look different than it looked before. By whose stripes ye were healed. There's a semicolon there, right? That semicolon or colon means it's the same, it, it's a conjunction onto that same thought. It's the same sentence. By whose stripes ye were healed. So we were healed when Jesus took our sin on the cross. Yeah. Right? Amen? Yeah. I should get more than just a couple of amens on that. I am healed because Jesus took, took, took it on the cross, right? He took that 39 stripes for my healing. Doctors will tell you, modern doctors will tell you that there's 39 different kinds of diseases and sicknesses. They go into 39 different categories. Jesus took one stripe for each one of those things that I am healed because of what he did on the cross, right? Not because of anything I can do. I can't believe hard enough to get a healing. Amen. I can't talk good enough to get a healing. I can't walk good enough to get a healing. He already paid for it. It's already mine. It already belongs to me. Amen. There's some things we got to do, though. I'm going to show you that here today, too. Romans 8 and 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, who's He talking about? God, right? The Spirit of God is the Holy Ghost. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, how's He dwell in you? Jesus paid for it on the cross, right? He took that sin on the cross. All the sin, once and for all, for all of mankind, took it on the cross died gave shed his blood for us to be saved right so his spirit could live inside of me in all the old testament we, we look up to we look up to joshua we look up to to uh abraham who's the other one isaiah we look up to all, all the old testament prophets the kings we look up to king david none of them had the spirit living inside of them you got a better deal a better covenant the new testament is a better deal than any of those guys had right so the spirit lives inside of me dwells in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you right 
through his spirit, I'm already entitled to all these things. When I, when I say the sinner's prayer, when I come to him in a relationship with him, when I come through that blood, right, no man comes to the Father except through the Son. When I come through that blood, I'm entitled to all these things. I'm entitled to healing, joy, peace, victory, hope, authority. Y'all get it, right? You, 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 seeing, you seeing the trend here? Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some scriptures, and then we're going to get on. Right? Ephesians 1, 19 through 23, and it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? God's power. What is the exceeding greatness of God's power to us who believe? This power is extended to you because you believe, right? Because you came through salvation. Jesus paid for it. Jesus didn't pay for God's power, but he paid for us to be plugged into God's power, right? He paid for us to have the spirit living inside of us. I'm talking about following the leading of the Holy Ghost. It's how we operate in the power of God is by following his leading, not by being off somewhere in left field doing whatever it is that I want to do, right? My desires, it's not what it's about. It's about following his leading, right? Jesus followed his leading. Jesus paid for these things. To us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. It's not through my power, right? I'm not healed because of my power. I don't have peace because of my power, right? I don't have provision because of my power. It's all because of his power, because of the blood of Christ, because of what Jesus paid for. It belongs to you. It belongs to me. Each and every one of us, right? It belongs to us. 20 says, which he worked, the same power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead. That same power, Chris, you have access to today. Yeah. Crystal, you have access to that same power today. Yeah. Carrie, you do too. Brenda, you do. I do. We all have access to that same power today. Right? He raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Right? So Christ is raised, is raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of, of God. The right, he has a seat right next to the throne of God, seated there. He's our high priest. He's always in intercessory prayer for us, always sitting there saying, he's always speaking to God on our behalf, continuously, right? Far above all principality and power and might dominion and every name that is named. What has a name? Sickness, disease, cancer, poverty, mental illness, you fill in the blank, lack, right? Uh, uh, what's that one, everybody? Uh, anxiety, depression, they all have names, right? Every one of them have a name. Who has power over those names? We do. In the name of Jesus, because Jesus is sitting there talking to God on my behalf, right? On my behalf, right? Every name that is named, not only in this age, but that in which also is also, is also to come. And 22 says, and he put all things under his feet. Everything's under the feet of Jesus, right? And gave him to be the head over all things. I want you to get this part right here. He's the head over all things. To the church. Who's the church? It's not this building here at 1816 Carney Road. It's us. We house the Spirit of God inside of us. We're the church. I'm the church. You're the church. We come together and form the church. We meet in this building, sure, but we are the church. We're the church, right? Which is His body. He's the head. We're the body. That's why He says He places every member in the body that places Him. You might be the arm, you might be the big toe, you might be the finger, right? You might be the heartbeat of it. Amen? But he places every one of us as it pleases him in his body, and he's the head, right? The fullness of him that fills all in all. 
Jesus paid for all those things. He paid for salvation, not just salvation that we can be reconciled, not that we can just come to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins and let me into heaven now. He paid for us to have a relationship. He wants us to have a relationship. We do that through following the leading. We have to have a relationship, right? He paid for healing. We've already, we've already seen that in Scripture. He paid for peace. He said, my peace I give unto you, my peace I leave to you. Jesus, Jesus Christ himself gave me his peace. How could, I be, how, how could I be worried about things if I have the peace of Christ? It's because I'm off everywhere else doing everything else, off in left field doing something else. I'm not following the leading of the Spirit, right? Jesus was led by the Spirit. He gives us joy, right? He gives us victory. He gives us provision. He, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Stop chasing things around. You're chasing your tail when you're chasing things, when you're worried about working, working more hours to get more money. He says, chase after me, and all these other things will chase after you. You won't have to worry about them anymore. You don't have to worry about lack or doubt or poverty, because blessing will chase after you if you chase after him. It's written in the word. It's God's law. It's not my words. Not my words. Try it. It works. It works. You can always go back to where you're at if you decide you don't like it. But God's word works every, every, every time, right? He paid for us to have authority. It says it in Luke 10, 19, and 20, right? You can look it up and read it later. When did you receive it then? All these things, when did you receive them? Before you were born. 2,000 years ago, before we were ever even born, before our parents, our grandparents were ever, ever even born, right? We received it back then. But it doesn't come automatic. Just like your salvation. You received salvation back then. He paid the price for salvation back then. You're not automatically saved when you're running around the world being a knucklehead. doesn't work like that. you got to come. you got to do something. Right? you got to come and you gotta, you got to say, Lord, I believe this. And, and, and then give him your heart and let him take control of your life. But you received it back then, right? It's already yours, but it's not automatic. It requires action then, wouldn't you say? Right? Peace, joy, victory, hope. All those things require action, right? James says faith without works is dead. I can know they're mine, but if I'm not doing and walking in the things, it's dead. I won't receive it. It's not automatic. I can know about salvation. The devil knows about salvation. He going to heaven too? I think not. You can have all the faith in the world, right? But without action, it's dead. The best way to receive is to follow the leading of the Spirit, right? Follow the leading of the Spirit. Jesus followed the leading. The Spirit left, led him up to be tempted, it says. Let him, let him to be tempted. If we're following Jesus, though, if we're following after the Spirit, though, we're going to be successful in what we do because he gives us a way out. He even quickened, I believe that the Spirit quickened Jesus with the words that he needed when he came to be, to be tempted, right? Because he was led by the Spirit. So if Jesus was led by the Spirit, let's look at some other people today. Peter's shadow fell on people and healed them. Can you imagine that? They brought people out in the street so when Peter walked by and his shadow fell on them, they were healed, right? Paul, they took pieces of Paul's clothing and aprons that he wore and they touched them on people and they were healed. Demons were cast out, right? People's lives were changed forever, ever, forever. There was a man called Smith Wigglesworth who lived in 1859 to 1949. Some of you know him. Some of you have heard of him. He's in our, he's in our Constitution and Bylaws for the Pentecost Church of God. Um, he's a well-documented preacher and evangelist. He was a pastor. He raised 14 people from the dead along with many other miracles. Yeah. I'm just talking about Jesus, Peter, Paul, and even people as, as, as far back as 1949, or as early as 1949, right? Were these people better than us? 
Acts 10 and 34 says God is no respecter of persons. Right? It says he doesn't show favoritism. What he did for Smith Wigglesworth, he'll do for Chris Kirtley. Amen? What he did for Peter, he'll do for you. Right? They're not better than us. They were more sold out. They were more sold out. They were totally surrendered to God, totally devoted to God. They didn't allow life to happen. Their focus was on the spirit. They followed after the spirit all the time, right? They were devoted. They were consecrated. They, 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 weren't, they weren't living in their own selfish desires. They were consecrated to God. They were in constant fellowship with God. Amen. Constant fellowship with the spirit, right? Constantly. One of the main reasons, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons that Christians fail to be doers of the word is because we're not in his presence. Not spending the time in his presence, right? Not actively pursuing him sure we know how to do it we've been saved right but we're not actively pursuing after him all the time allowing him to to to, to change the course of anything that he wants to do in our life right trying to be doers of the word without a relationship we've all been guilty of it trying to follow the rules without having it about the relationship the spirit's not going to lead you to follow the rules he's going to lead you to have a relationship right if we want to live by the rules, we can go back to the Old Testament and start sacrificing goats and sheep and things again. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. We got to have the relationship, right? You got to have the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's why he lives in us. That's what he's here for. <clears throat> Following the rules without a relationship is a work of the flesh. It produces nothing spiritual. Nothing spiritual. You can try to be as good as you want to be. It's going to produce nothing spiritual. We want spiritual things, right? We want to live in the supernatural, right? We want to live in the things that Jesus paid for. They're already mine. Yeah. They're already yours. God provided them. Jesus paid for them. Why would I not want them? Why would I not want to take total advantage of that, right? We cannot follow the spirit and the flesh at the same time. We say life happens, but it's because it's where we allow our mind to wander to. We talked about our minds last week. We talked about defending our minds. We can't follow the spirit and the flesh. At the same time, we have to lay one of them down. Too often we lay down the spirit to follow after the flesh. Even if it's not a sinful thing, it could be as easy, it could be as simple as, well, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to take care of the kids. Those are all in the flesh, right? Your flesh is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You can't follow after your mind, your will, and your emotions and follow after the spirit at the same time. That's why fasting works. When we fast, we got to train our flesh. Hey, body. You're not the boss. I'm listening to this spiritual man in here. That's why fasting is so important is to train our flesh, to lay that flesh down and follow after the spirit, right? You can't can't follow them both at the same time. You have to lay one or the other down. Often Christians make the word mechanical, though. It's not a relationship. It's a mechanic. Often Christians make the word mechanical. It's a process we go through. It's, It's just going through the motions, you could say. Going through the motions. Not working on a relationship. I'm working on... I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to, I'm going to live a better lifestyle. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going, to, I'm going to tithe better. I'm going to do, you get what I'm saying. We make it mechanical. We make it about the rules. The Sanhedrin made it about the rules. They knew all the rules. They followed all the rules. They tried to for the most part, I think. But they had no relationship. They had no relationship, right? <clears throat> Why were Jesus, John, Paul, Smith, why were all their words so powerful? Wasn't because they knew the rules. Wasn't because they followed the laws. It was because they 
followed after the Spirit. They were led by the Spirit. When you're led by the Spirit, you're not bound by any laws. He won't lead you to cross those laws anyway, right? Why'd they get results, though, we don't see today? We haven't seen anybody walking down the road and people hopping up and their leg growing out because their shadow hit them. Demons being cast out because they took one of the sleeves off the preacher's shirt and, and touched them with it. Why'd they get results that we don't see today? Think about this. It's because they lived in his presence. They lived in his presence. If, you val- if I value a spiritual life, if I want to work on my spiritual life, I'll practice living in his presence every day. Every day. Not just praying for five minutes in the morning and going to work or praying before my lunch and praying. Living in his presence every day. Think about this. Not just motions. I'm talking about reaching and stretching and growing. Growing constantly, right? If I'm doing these things and stay in his presence, doing the word becomes very easy. Right? Did you get that? If we're growing and stretching and reaching, his word says, if I'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to me. If I'm constantly drawing close to him and reaching out for him, Lord, what do I do next? How do I do this? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to work out? Who do you want me to be married to? Who do you want me to date? Lord, how do you want me to correct my children? You show me. You show me the way, right? If I'm constantly doing that, I'm constantly working on a relationship. I'm talking to him. I'm listening to him talk to me. I'm responding to those things. I can hear him. And if I don't do it, I'll quench the spirit anyway, right? I got to constantly be moving and, and flowing in what he wants me to do, right? Doing the word becomes very easy if we live like that. That's all we got to do. We make it so hard with all the rules. They had 600 and something rules in the Old Testament, 630 something rules, I believe, in the Old Testament, laws they had to follow. It's real simple. It's real simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Follow after the Spirit, hunger and thirst for Him, right? All the time. That's, it, it's that simple. It's that simple. <clears throat> when we're in his presence, when we're not in his presence, it's hard to follow, it's hard to follow the rules of the Bible, right? It becomes dry. Right. It becomes work, right? How did Peter's shadow heal people? How did Paul's clothes heal people? How did Smith, Smith Wigglesworth got on a train and people were walking up to him and repenting? Do you know that? When he would pull up into a city, sometimes when he just got there, people would be slain in the spirit because of his, the, the presence, the aura that was around him. This is, these are well-documented cases that happened in the early 1900s. You can go look them up. You can read about him all over. There's several books written about this man. How did that happen? How did that happen? Think about this. Pe- people would just come up to him and repent. Didn't even say a word to him. They'd just come up to him and repent, right? Somebody was in God's presence. That's how this works. Somebody's spending some time in the presence of God. It doesn't happen by accident, right? It has to be intentional. None of these men slept, slipped and fell into, into the presence of God. It didn't happen, right? God gave me revelation on this thing, right? To be in God's presence, we must realize we're in his presence. That sounds silly. It sounds really simple, doesn't it? But think about it. To be in his presence, you have to realize that you are in his presence. If we would just think about that all the time, when I say that to you, you say, well, well, I am preacher, I am in his presence. He he's, lives inside of me. He's everywhere all the time. God's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. Therefore, he's inside of me. Therefore, he's here right now. We don't live like it. We don't talk like it. We don't chase after him like it, right? To be in God's presence, I must first realize that I am in his presence all the time, right? We are in God's presence. If we get a hold of that, it'd change our life. It changed my relationship with God. 
if I just realize he's with me all the time. Wherever I go, when I'm on the job site, he's right here with me. If I just realized that right there, it would change the way that my life is. It would change the way that I talk. It would change the way that I act. Y'all know that I'm right about this. It would change the way that I act. It would change the places I go to. It would change the people that I hang out with. It would totally curb my temptation to sin. Think about it. Well, you can have just a little bit. You can do a little. The Spirit of God sitting right here. You ain't going to do it. Talk about Sunday etiquette. We'd carry that over on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? We'd carry it onto the ball field. We'd carry it out to the gym when we went to work out. We'd carry it to the schoolhouse, to the workplace, right? Wouldn't be able to talk to people badly. If you know God's sitting there watching you, you sure ain't going to get sideways with people and be hateful, mean, and ugly. No way. No way, right? He's omnipresent. The fact of being omnipresent everywhere, he's in us, he's around us, he's in heaven. Think about this. My God is in heaven somewhere. Scientists measure space in, in, in light years. That's the distance light can travel in a year's time. They measure this space in light years. He's somewhere out there further than where they reached out. They can't even find this place. He's there too. He's there. He's here. He's in me. And I want to act like and live like he's not there. He can't hear me. He can't see. He don't know what I'm up to when I leave church. Right? He don't know who I'm hanging out with. He don't know. If we just get that revelation right there, it would change everything. It would change everything, right? <clears throat> Most of us pray to God like he's far away in heaven. Oh, God, if you could just hear my prayer. That'd be like standing right here to somebody and saying, oh, God, if you could just hear me. If it be your will to heal me. You know when you were healed already, right? Jesus paid for it. So we know it is God's will. It's not God's will for babies to die. It's not God's will for us to have sickness and disease and all those things. God didn't put that stuff on us. Jesus paid for healing 2,000 years ago. It's already yours. Stop saying if it's God's will. It is. He didn't send his son to die on a cross because it wasn't his will. That's nonsense. Stop talking like that, right? Most of us pray to God, though, like he's in some faraway place, right? <clears throat> to be in God's presence, just realize that we are. This word realize means to comprehend completely or correctly. Just think about that. Meditate on that for a while. God is everywhere all the time I go. Everywhere I go, all the time, he's in me, he's all around me. He sees everything that I do. That's life-changing right there. <clears throat> when you comprehend this, he's with us all the time, we'll spend more time. Think about that. We'll spend more time with him. We'll hear him more clearly. If I realize he's right here and I can talk to him, hey, God, what about this? Or, hey, God, I just want you to know that I love you today. Lord, I love being able to sense your presence. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. I can't wait to learn more about you. And, and before I read my word today, Lord, please show me. Give me revelation of this word. Father, before I go anywhere today, before I get in this car, I, I, I just ask you to protect me today. And I ask you to protect my family when I leave them. Talk to him like he's right here. Because he is. And then sometimes we've got to be quiet. He speaks in a still, small voice. If you're doing all the talking, you ain't going to do none of the hearing. Right? We've got to listen. We've got to wait for him sometimes. Right? We hear more clearly, right? When we hear more clearly, it directly affects our 
ability to follow. Right? Because if I'm following my leading, which I do most of the time, if you'd be honest, you'd say, I do that most of the time too, preacher. I do what I want to do. I make up my mind. I make my own plans and I ask God to bless them. That's usually how we live, right? Instead of following after his leading, right? If we realize that he's right here, right here at arm's reach, he's right here. He's even inside of me. He's right here. I can talk to him. He'll talk to me. If I'll shut up and listen, it'll directly affect my ability to follow him, to be able to hear him again. When I'm sensitive to the spirit, when I, someone asked, Caleb asked last week, how do you know that the spirit of God? Has God ever spoken to you? Would you know it was him? If you've been serving him very long, he has. And when he speaks to you, it's not an audible voice. I don't know anybody's heard him in their ears. I've heard a couple people say that maybe, but it's usually his, the Bible says his spirit speaks to me through my spirit. When you've heard that voice before, you know that voice, right? It's just like when your mom calls you on the phone. As soon as you answer the phone, you know it's her. When spirit speaks to you, you know it. You know, there's no, it's unquestionable. You know it, especially when you're, get, when you're tuned in on listening to him, right? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing, right? I'm not talking about getting down on your, on your knees at the altar. That's one form of praying. Get down on your knees at the altar and praying, oh, God, or get in your prayer closet. Those are all great. You need to do those things. You need to, but I'm talking about communicate with God, just communication all day long, back and forth all day long, right? This word ceasing means uninterruptedly, without intermission. You don't even take a break to go to the bathroom, right? It's without intermission. It's continual, right? Imagine if you were with me all day long, and I talked to other people, but not you. Now think about this, what we do to God. If we, if we got up in the morning, and we met in the morning, and we were, we were going to spend the whole day together, and I talked to everybody else that was around us, but I didn't say anything to you, right? I ignored you. When you talked to me, I didn't respond to you. I just, you, you didn't even think I heard you, right? I only talked to you in the morning, like when we first met up, I talked to you for 10, 15 minutes, and then... Before we ate lunch, I talked to you. And then before we separated again to probably go home and go to bed, I talked to you again, right? But that's it. That's it. You'd say, how rude. That preacher is the rudest man I've ever met in my life, right? And a lot of you wouldn't even come back to church ever again over it. That's a fact. But this is exactly how we treat God. This is what we do to him. We don't talk. To, we, we get up and we pray in the morning a little bit. We pray before our meals. Right? We forget that part of the time. Then we pray before we go to bed, and then we want to call that a relationship. I'm a Christian, but what about all the rest of the day? How rude are we being to God? Good relationships reciprocate. It's back and forth. It's not all one way or all the other way. It's reciprocating. It's back and forth. You talk to me, I talk to you. I give a little, you give a little. Right? You give a lot, I give a lot. It's communication. It's, it's not just communication. It's you doing what's needed of me doing what, what you need me to do, and, and you do what I need you to do, right? That's how every good relationship works. If we realize and comprehend this, though, that we're in his presence, we'd spend more time seeking after him, right? I know I said that already. I want you to get this. If you realize that you, you, you would spend more time following after him, right? It'd be easy to be a doer of the word. When you're following after Christ, when you're following after the Holy Ghost, you're going to be a doer of the word. Yeah. He's not going to cross those lines, right? Yeah. Our words and prayers become powerful when we do that, though. A place, when they come from a place of relationship, right? His plan. This is the way that God's attended it. This is his plan, right? But our, his plan requires our cooperation. He had a plan for you to be saved. But if you don't 
do your part of it, you don't become saved. He has a plan for you to live blessed. But if you don't do your part of it, you won't live blessed. He has a plan for you to be healed. You get the picture. You get the pattern here, right? He has a plan, but it requires our cooperation, right? Did God intend for the churches to be like they are? Did he intend for the churches to be like Jesus was, like Peter, like Paul, like Smith? That's what he intended for us. This is what he wanted. This is what he sent Jesus for, right? When we follow the Spirit, we know what God knows. Now, just think about that for a second. If you're following after the Holy Ghost and what that still small voice tells you, you know what God knows. <laughs> That's huge. You're making decisions based on what God knows when we follow that leading, right? We go where God would go when we're following the Spirit. I won't find myself at the wrong place at the wrong time. I won't find myself somewhere where I'm going to get in trouble, where I'm going to go broke, where I'm, you get the picture, where I'm going to be made sick at. I'm not going to find myself in those places because I'm going to go where God would have me to go, right? <clears throat> I got a revelation this morning, even as I, was shape, as I was shaving, we're always talking about renewing our mind. You know what we're renewing our mind to do? Get in the back seat. Get in the back seat. <laughs> That's what we're renewing our mind to do. Get in the back seat. Follow the leading of the Spirit. He says we walk by faith, not by sight. That's what we're training our mind to do. Walk by faith. My faith is in this little steel, small voice. My comp not in my ability, not in my knowledge, not, not in any power or ability that, that I have naturally. Right? Men especially get in trouble with this because God gives us a specific set of skills usually. We got, I'm pretty creative and pretty resourceful and I can get a lot of things done with, you get what I'm saying? Many men are like that. So we rely on our own ability. Some of you ladies do the same things, but, but I think it hit, especially hits men. We rely on our own ability. We, we, we can fix this or we got that. We can do this. When we need to be following the lead of the Spirit, right? <clears throat> the Holy Ghost left heaven to come live inside of us on this earth to lead us, guide us, empower the church to fulfill the plan of God. Think about that. He left heaven to come here and do that. And we squander it. This week, I was practicing following the lead of the Spirit. And I was doing this before God ever gave me this message. I, I've told many of you all this already, but I'm going to tell you again if you heard it, because I thought it was awesome. My wife and my daughter didn't think much of it, I guess, but maybe they'll get it today. She said I was wrong, I think. However, you know how when you get that revelation, though, that it means a lot to you? And then you tell somebody else about it, and they're like, yeah, okay. It, it doesn't mean as much to them because it's not a revelation that God gave to them. But he gave it to you and showed you. So this is how it happened this week. So I was, I was at work, and Katie called me, and she was so excited because she's graduating school this next week after six years of, six years of college. Huh? Seven years of college. She's graduating this week. And so that is awesome. God, or God, she called me up and said that, that, the, church, that the school had called her and said that it was an overpayment or something, the way I understand it, but said, I got a check from the school today, told me to come down and get it. You know how much it was? And I said, $1,200. The Spirit told me that. Because I had been practicing all this week. I, I, would, I, would, I drive a forklift at work. So I'll say, God, do you want me to go around this aisle this way? Do you want me to go that way? How do you want me to pick this thing up? Where do you want me to set this at? And I've been practicing on this, on small things. I'm telling you, this is how you use your faith. This is how you follow the Spirit. Start practicing in small things. Lord, what shoes do you want me to wear today? Lord, what do you want me to do this? Where do you want me to go for lunch? How do you want me to do this thing? How do you want me to do that thing? And listen, 
I'm telling you, it works. This happened to me this week. And I was doing this. I was just, you know, Lord, do you want me to go down this aisle or this aisle? Do you want me to go around this, to the left or to the right? Do you want me to do this or that? How, how do you want me to do this, Lord? Which product do you want me to? I have a screen that all these things come up that i got to deliver. Which one do you want me to deliver first, God? Well, how, how do you want me to do it? Just following his leading in all these little small things. And I started to notice that I was hearing his voice clearer and clearer all through the week. So when Katie called me, before I even thought about it, he said $1,200. I had no way of knowing that. And I said $1,200, and she just kept right on talking. Da, 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 da. She was so excited about $1,200. And I said, don't you want to know how I knew the amount of the check? And she said, yeah, you talked to mom. I said, no, I haven't talked to her. The Spirit just told me that. So I thought it was an awesome thing that he showed me that, right? And so I call up Brendan. I'm like, you're never going to believe what happened to me today. And she said, did you have a wreck? Did you have a wreck? What happened? And I was like, no. The Spirit just spoke to me and told me Katie's check was $1,200. This got me excited. Y'all don't look excited just looking at me. But this got me excited. We can hear. He, I, I believe that he showed me this just to show me what's possible. Right? Think about, what, think about if we were all, when someone asked each and every one of us a question today, we knew the answer without having any way of knowing besides from the Spirit. Think about what's possible in that. Think about when we get around a bunch of people. You know which one needs to see the love of God. You know which one to love on. You know which one to give what word to. And then he gave you the words to say when you walked up to the person to say them. Think about that. Think about when you're having a problem in a relationship and he tells you, say this, do that. This is where you're messed up at. Go over here, do that thing. Think about that. Think about if all the local, just this local body right here would do that. Think about how that might change this town. Think about that, how that might change our families. Think about that. Think about when I've only got so much money in the bank account, but my bills say this much. And I said, Lord, which one? How do you want me to do this? And then I heard him. You know why I heard him? Because I've been spending time in his presence. I've been listening to that voice, waiting for that voice. When I didn't hear that voice, I waited. Sometimes you got to wait. Sometimes you got to know what you know to do anyway. But you got to continue to listen and ask and listen and listen and talk to him and spend time in his presence. Spend time in his presence. Spend time seeking out his path the way he wants us to do it. Right? We have to know what he wants us to do for we, we can't follow him. Right? We're, we're not following him if, if, if he's not leading us, is what I'm trying to say. So think about that today. What, what could be possible? How we could do differently in each one of our lives. How you could follow the Spirit. Just start with that right there. Just simple little things. I don't know what you do during the daytime, but you know where you go. You know who you hang out with. You know the things that you do. I'm sure the people that were around me this week at work thought that I was absolutely nuts. I was riding around on this forklift talking to myself, and the Spirit would talk to me, and I'd talk to him, and I, they thought I was talking to myself. I mean, I was talking to him, but I'm, and I was having a conversation with him. Imagine if we could all do this. If we could, it's not just up to the preacher. We can all do this thing. We can all seek after him. We can all look to follow the lead of the Spirit. Imagine the power that we can move in. Imagine the difference we can make in this town and in our families or in the people's lives around us. I want to close in prayer today, but I want you to just give that consideration. Think about that when you leave here. Think about it tomorrow when you're on the job or wherever it is you go, in the schoolhouse, whatever it may be. Lord, how can I follow you better? Show me more of you. Lord, it's been a long time since I've heard your voice. I have heard that voice before, or maybe, Lord, I've never heard your voice. Would you make yourself real to me? Can I hear your voice today? 
show me. Show me, God. Make sure that it lines up with the Word of God, because the enemy can give you a voice, too. Yeah. Right? He can speak to you, too. So it can't, it can't counter the Word of God. But once you hear that voice of God, you know. You know that you know that you know that you know. Would you join me this week in seeking after that voice? Just that voice. Just seek his voice in everything and anything. Start out with something that seems like it's nothing. What kind of beans do you want us to have this week, Lord? Show me that. Something that seems meaningless. If we start hearing him in that and we hear him in smaller things and smaller things and smaller things, when something big comes up, I'm still going to hear him. I'm going to be tuned into that voice. He's going to be talking to me. Talk about life changing. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. Why would I not want to hear from him? That would be foolish. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Daddy. We love you, Lord. We just praise you, mighty name. Lord, I pray that you would cause this word today to fall on good, rich, deep soil, Lord, that it would take root, Lord, and spring up a harvest, Lord, a, a, a produce out of our life, Lord, a harvest out of fruit, Father. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, Daddy. I pray that you would keep us safe. Bring us back here again at the next point in time, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just cause this, these words today, Lord, to, to affect us throughout this week, Daddy. As we go to our workplace, Lord, to the schoolhouses, Lord, to our homes, around our families, Father God, that we, we would just seek after you, Lord. Just seek that voice, Lord. Seek your voice, that little still small voice, Daddy, that we would hear you, Father God. We would hear you with confidence, Father God. We would learn to hear you with confidence, Lord, and that we would chase after you, Father God, to have more of a relationship with you, Daddy. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Father. Amen. Before you guys get out of your seats, we have, we have a gift for the ladies. Can I get all the ladies, all the mothers? All the ladies, not all the mothers, all the ladies to come forward. And while they're coming up here, we have a youth rally, May the 13th, the Gladstone Fellowship. We have Fallen But Forgiven, Saturday, June 11th at 6 p.m., there's don't, my wife has donut, donation letters, and there's a sign-up sheet on the back bulletin board. I think she was planning on... <laughs>